I mean, for me as, as a pastor, rest is an exercise in trust that I am trusting in God to say that I don't need to perform right now. I don't need to put all of these things on my shoulders. I can trust in God. I can trust in my team. I can trust in my wife. I can trust in whoever it is in my my life, my relationships. You have to trust in them because you are essentially giving up control. This is the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast brought to you by Stay Forth Designs, where we have practical conversations on health and leadership in an upside down world. We'll bring you insight, tools, and practices to help you lead effectively for the long haul. Well, hey guys, welcome to our next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. And we love to dig in on practical conversations. We're going to get really practical today about the relationship between work and rest. So I think we talk a lot about work and doing good work in our culture, and I'm starting to hear more about rest today, but you don't often hear these two topics paired together. So David and I are going to approach this topic today. We're going to throw some things off of each other and do a little bit different of a podcast today. So David, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Alan? I just had a cup of coffee. I'm ready to rock. We uh, actually come to you guys from a place called 719 Commons. And so uh, we have some good coffee here. So we're just, I think we're drinking a Guatemala today. So really Mm -hmm. looking forward to this conversation, not only because of the coffee, but just love hanging out with you and uh, excited to dig in and talk about leadership. So uh, first of all, when we think about just this idea of rest, what are some things, David, that you just hear in our culture repeated over and over again about this idea of rest? Well, it, I think we are a restless culture and we're a culture that celebrates busyness with a badge of honor. And so even instinctively, and I do this too, but when someone says, how's your day or how's your week or how are you doing? Even if you're not busy, even if you had like the laziest day in the world, instinctively you say busy. You know, I'm, I'm busy, you know, life's busy, um, things are busy, work is busy. And it's because it's, it's, a, it's a badge of honor from a cultural standpoint. And I think in leadership, in ministry, th- that's how we feel productive. But I think it wears us out to the point where we don't, we don't know how to rest. I even realized a while ago, uh, the first thing that somebody says to me on the phone when I pick it up is, hey, man, I know you're busy, but... And that started to bother me. Think about, man, if that's the thing that people know me as, that I'm literally defined by this four-letter word, busy, um, then that really can be cancer to, to me, to a lot of relationships. And um, we'll even dig, dig in a little bit on how busyness can, can affect our work beyond just the relationships. What's interesting is um, I used to come, I think, from the perspective of rest, like some people need that, or man, that sounds nice. And Mm -hmm. maybe even in a sense that kind of like the Desert Fathers or sort of streams of monasticism of like, oh yeah, there's certain people that do that. Mm -hmm. Or you're hearing more about Sabbath from certain people. Um, I think one of the beautiful things about getting older is that we realize our limits. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, about two years in to ministry, I almost burned out and realized, man, I'll never have this much time, this much energy, and this much freedom in my life again. And so if I can drive myself to burnout this quickly into it, what's it going to be like later? And so that was a big moment for me to realize not only is rest a good thing or are some people doing it, but 
actually I need it or I can't go the distance. And so it's just been interesting to see. Um, I don't know. Rest seems to be coming more mainstream. I'm reading a little bit more about it. Uh, what else are you seeing out there about rest within our busy American culture? Yeah, I think, like you said, unfortunately, you don't usually see the value of rest until you you need it, right? I think there are a lot of leaders who are tired of being tired. They're overwhelmed. They're anxious. And this idea of anxiety is not just, you know, you're you're worried or you're fearful about what's happening, but you're pulled in a thousand different directions. The, the idea of anxiousness is to be scattered, to be cut apart, to be pulled apart. And um, that's what busyness does. And you can't sustain that. And um, we're seeing so many symptoms of it, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's people burning out and flaming out too early in their careers or making some moral failures. I mean, there's all sorts of symptoms. And I think it, it goes back to rest and soul care and, and pouring into your own life before you're pouring out in, into others. So why do you think it's so hard to rest? Even if we talk about it as a good game, why is it so hard to actually do it? I think rest is, I mean, for me as, as a pastor, rest is an exercise in trust that I am trusting um, in God to say that I don't need to perform right now. I don't need to put all of these things on my shoulders. I can trust in um, God. I can trust in my team. I can trust in my wife. I can trust in whoever it is in my, my life, my relationships. You have to trust in them because you are essentially giving up control. You're giving up uh, micromanaging a certain area of your life and you're you're trusting. And so I think that's hard for a lot of us because it, it it's it's just easier to try to take it on yourself. And so rest is this kind of scary thing, which is is funny because you can equate it with laziness, but it's not. It's a scary thing in our culture because it's so foreign. Yeah, it's like it's quite the opposite of laziness. I mean, to even think about the planning that it takes for me to actively take a day mm -hmm. off. Yeah. It doesn't just naturally happen. Actually, the laziest thing I can do is to work seven days mm -hmm. out of a week. It's interesting. My wife and I are getting away. We've, we've committed every single year of our marriage for our anniversary to get away. And sometimes it's a few weeks ahead of time or a few weeks after. And so we're getting our belated anniversary to each other is getting away. So we go to this hot springs in Colorado. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. We love it. But we've got a plan childcare for us. We've got to plan out the weekend and make sure we've said no to everything else. I've got to plan off of preaching on Sunday. And there's so many different facets to it that sometimes mm -hmm. I think I just don't rest because I simply haven't planned mm -hmm. a week ahead of time or a yeah. few days ahead of time. I mean, you know how much work it takes before you go on vacation yeah. to make sure you sort of... Um, you know, tell everybody that you're leading this responsibility goes to you and put an email responder mm -hmm. on. And it takes a lot of intention. So sometimes I just think for me, it's just pure laziness. Yeah. Well, and you talk about this concept of rest hard, work hard. And I know from my life, I spent years, whole seasons of leadership, of ministry, where I was probably um, working at 70% of my capacity. And so I was never resting because I wasn't truly working hard and therefore I wasn't resting hard. And it was this constant kind of like low grade fever of anxiety in my work schedule because I felt like I was always had more to do because I wasn't, I wasn't resting and therefore I wasn't really working at my full capacity. And so for you, what does it mean to, to rest hard and work hard? Well, I've noticed a few things. Um, first of all, in my own life, is that when I'm stressed... I actually stop producing good stuff, like the good, deep thoughts of the soul. Mm -hmm. 
and I actually stop nourishing other people around me. And so the conversations tend to be really shallow. And it's just because I've been living shallow all week. And so what I've noticed is that rest is actually the place that I teach best out of. It's a place I coach best Mm -hmm. out of. I get new, fresh ideas and thoughts and questions. And not just at the end of my vacation or at the end of a day of Sabbath, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's literally, as a friend of mine said to me, Sabbath is when I see again. I feel like sometimes I live my week veiled to the possibilities and just not seeing the potential, not seeing how amazing my kids mm-hmm. are, not seeing the potential of the next date night or trip or adventure with my family or how beautiful it is to just sit at home and be with my family. And so I've, I've noticed when I'm stressed, I stop producing the good stuff. But then I've also noticed what I call serial producers, not like Captain Crunch, but people that keep producing, keep creating stuff. Yeah. Although I do love Captain Crunch. Delicious. I do maybe Delicious. some Lucky Charms in there, but that literally they they continue to innovate. So not the one hit wonder. I think you can push through a few blog posts, maybe even eke your way through one book, one sermon series, whatever you're producing. But if you want to continue to create and innovate in the long haul, you literally have to find a way uh, to continue to rest. And so it's been great getting to know a lot of uh, people who are writers, musicians, people that come onto this podcast, friends I've developed over the years, and just say, what is that? What's that habit for you that keeps you grounded? And almost all of them, they've got a structure, they've got a rhythm, and regularly they know when they get away. This is creative time when I work really, really hard. And this is the rest of the time when I rest really, really hard. So it's just interesting to see. um, And and we talk a lot about balance in our culture, but I think balance is bogus. It's the rhythms that you love to talk so much about. It's the rhythm of working hard Mm -hmm. and playing hard and resting hard instead of just, well, let me try to live my week Mm -hmm. at 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you have this, this deep well to draw from when you, when you rest and it's, it's an uncontroversial idea to talk about this from like, if you're an athlete and you, you, you need to perform and you need to um, rest up before a race or rest up before a big game. I mean, that's not a controversial statement at all, but it, this translates into our emotional health our spiritual health, our energy levels of how we're, we're able to to pour into our families or the people that we lead or our organizations. And so it's really a stewardship thing, right? I mean, if we want to pour our best selves into our creative endeavors, the people we lead, we have to be filling up that tank. And that's kind of our our field, as to speak, you mm-hmm. know, or so to speak, that their field is really easy to see when a body breaks down, mm-hmm. but it's a lot harder to see when your energy level is is leaking or uh, I love coffee, but I love when I get to enjoy coffee. I've mm-hmm. had seasons where I felt like I was literally living off of coffee yeah, because yeah. I'd made poor decisions the day before. I was behind and I felt like if I don't have coffee, I literally won't survive or I'll fall asleep at, at work. Uh, and now I get to enjoy coffee and a little bit of a boost mm-hmm. thereof, but not depending on it. Um, really, what's what shifted my paradigm, David, is to think about working from rest instead of resting from work. Mm. I think our cultural narrative is to crash, to go so hard that we crash. And even our resting, I mean, if, if you look at it, the studies behind all of it, watching Netflix continuously is not a rest for your eyes or for your brain. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And, um, and so for me, I, I want to get away from screens mm-hmm. because maybe I've had to look at screens in the course of emails or prepping messages or whatever it might be. But the idea of resting 
from work is just, hey, I'm going to work really, really hard and, and it's probably going to lead to to some kind of crash every week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll get back up to zero. But working from rest is literally when I get to produce some of my best stuff. And so um, sometimes I'm a bit of a nerd too, but I like to think about what is my next writing project? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like sprinting into it on Tuesday. I've collected enough info. I've thought about these different sources. Here's where I'm heading. And I don't have to make any decisions that day where I literally can just pick up uh, sort of where I left off in my notes and go. And I feel like there's momentum when you work from rest as opposed to this sort of how do I get myself charged up because I'm so exhausted before the week even starts. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, that, that, that paradigm that you're talking about of working from rest instead of resting from work. Resting from work can easily turn into... Um, self-medication, turning your brain off, numbing out at the end of the work day. There's nothing more shameful than when Netflix asks you, hey, are you still watching this? And you're like, yes, I've been here the whole time and I am conscious. Are you still alive? Yeah. And it's this terrible feeling of like, how long have I been here? But that's that's what we we move into. If it's resting from work, it is it means we're not actually resting and we need to rearrange how we view rest, um, our rhythms of rest so that we are functioning out of a full heart and a full spirit. Our rest can be productive and it can be unproductive depending on how we rest. Obviously, busy is a, a four-letter word. And I think for me, I've, I've decided to even change the paradigm to my life is full. And full not being like stuffed, like I want to puke after a meal, but like a really good meal, a really mm. good, good experience. You leave and say, man, my heart is full right now. And so to be able to live full lives, lives of meaning, lives of depth, but this, this other four-letter word that I'm really focusing in is deep. And so uh, love this book, Deep Work, by a guy named Cal Newport. Highly recommend it. If, if you guys are listening to this, jot that down. And what he talks about in here is that really the idea of a busy life or this unexamined life that we live leaves us at the shallows, leaves us an inch deep and a mile wide. And really anything of value, especially in our culture, and he's saying increasingly so, is going to be deep work, deep thinking, the places where we need to go when we're writing deep stuff, we're creating deep deep stuff, we're thinking about a solution to a problem. We had Todd Henry on the podcast, and he's talking about creativity and leading teams. That is deep work, anything in leadership that, that we need to do or to solve. And increasingly, we're living at a shallow level. There's one text, one email, and we could literally go home at the end of the day and your wife could say, hey, how you doing? You could say, I, I don't even know <laughs> because we've literally lived all, all day at that. And so that's been a big focus for me uh, to go beyond that book and, and actually to begin to time block uh, and to batch the tasks like we've talked about and say, this is deep work time. We can actually turn my phone off or put it on airplane mode and uh, to not think about the emails that are coming in, to not be responsible for anything else other than creating my best work for a block of two or three hours. So that's been transformational to me. Uh, Another book is by a guy named Alex Pang is simply called Rest. And uh, I love that coming from this secular perspective, he actually studies people throughout history um, and how rest and of course, working really hard and really focused, but then taking times to rest from going from walks to having play and what he calls this this healthy or holy distraction of play actually helps us create some of our best work. Uh, and so those have been two books that would we would highly recommend you guys read, uh, Rest by Alex Pang and Deep Work by Cal Newport. 
uh, but beyond just reading more, to actually begin to put deep work spaces in your calendar every week and to make sure that you're giving yourself time to produce things of depth, to actually process all the information that you're taking in. Uh, And then, of course, the book Rest just talks more about what we deeply believe in here at Stay Forth Designs is that if you are not resting well, then your leadership isn't sustainable. So what is the connection between rest and work and particularly this, this deep work that you're talking about? How are those connected and why do we need to connect them? My deepest thoughts come from a space of gathered rhythm in my life where, yes, I'm working hard, but I'm also playing hard. There's another four-letter word, right? There is play. And so when I, when I go to the depths uh, and, and I'm able to produce something like that's tiring. And literally your brain is an organ that functions like a muscle. It gets tired. And so when I think about that, I can only do that for, for so long. But for me, uh, I have basketball twice a week that I look forward to in the middle of the day, uh, which kind of gets me charged up. But I literally I don't have to think about work for a few hours a day. And what's crazy is when I'm not thinking about work, then I come back, my body's ready to go. I'm actually really charged up for the afternoon, which normally would be a time where my creativity is lower. And so there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to creation. There's a rhythm to work and rest. So when those two are working together, it's crazy how, I don't know, six or seven days in a vacation, uh, I've gotten some really good rest, gotten some really good sleep, had some fun, and I start to get some of my best vision, my best creative ideas. Um, because I'm looking ahead. And, and it's just sort of the natural byproduct of watering the roots, so to speak, and then seeing the fruit of that being in the creativity, the solutions. Um, and it's just crazy to me. The, the difference between maybe six days later when I haven't actually done any work, but God just kind of resets me for what's ahead. Um, and so even that, if you're taking four or five day vacations, you probably actually haven't gotten the fruit in terms of vision and those other things of the rest you've taken. And and I think the last thing is when we think about work, work gets a bad rap in our culture. We think about toil. And we got to remember that work was there before the fall, that that Adam was literally tending to this garden. It was meaningful work. And um, we have meaningful work to do. But I think when we're stressed, everything just feels like toil, like stuff that I don't want to do. And so when we talk about what are you uniquely designed to do, um, that's fulfillment. That's meaningful work that is that God has set aside, like Ephesians 2.10 talks about for all of us. And I think just living into our limits of rest and work can actually make that work feel way more like fulfillment than it does toil. Yeah. And you talk about kind of carving out spaces to to process and give your brain a rest. And I don't think it's a coincidence when you, you kind of hear that cliche that my best ideas come while I'm in the shower or while I'm on the, the road commuting. Those are moments where there's really nothing you can do but think, right? You have carved out a space unintentionally, but you've carved out a space where you're just left with your own thoughts. And that's a scary thing. Solitude and processing our own thoughts are a scary thing and distraction is much, much easier. And we can distract ourselves so easily. You can you know, turn on the radio in your car, turn on a podcast like you're doing right now. You can um, listen to music. You can watch anything on your phone. It's so easy to distract yourself. And so where are those Don't moments? text and drive. No. Just a quick advertisement. Don't that's text bad. and drive. Yeah, that's bad. But where are those moments where you're actually carving out space for your brain to rest and process? And I know my most creative moments 
my most aha moments come from when I detach myself, when I untether myself from technology, from um, responsibilities of getting back to emails and things like that. And I just allow myself to rest, process, um, allow myself to walk through my next project or what I have in front of me or um, uh, something I have to tackle. And that's where the most creativity flows from is when I carve out that space. So let's dig in and, and keep getting practical here. David, what are some practical things that you do on a daily or weekly basis to rest well? It is rhythms of play. For one thing, I love the mountains and I love getting away. And um, really, that's kind of how I untether myself. So whether it's setting up a, a hammock up in the mountains or fishing or something that requires little brain activity, but it, it detaches me from my normal place. And I think when I put myself into a different context, it does something. It's almost like this, this spiritual and emotional kind of trigger um, because I've done it so often that it allows me to rest and and breathe deeper and to process the things that I need to process. And so getting away into the mountains, playing and, and carving out time in which uh, I can rest is important. So a change of place is pretty important to me. It's interesting. You're talking about play and um, life gets pretty serious sometimes, and especially for us in what they call helping professions. Um, if we don't let it, then man, we can really think so deep and so serious in the course of the week that we don't have the opportunity for that simple thing called play or whimsy in our lives. That the things that of no real consequence, but that we just enjoy. And so for some guys, you know, it's watching football on a Sunday. For some guys, it's, you know, going out and having a conversation. Maybe for you, it's the arts. Maybe for you, it's songwriting. Uh, maybe for you, it's brewing beer or your, you know, your coffee. Uh, your local coffee shop and you know, go into a coffee cupping. I don't know what that looks like for you, but we've got to find that. And I heard a story actually uh, when Max Lucado, you know, pastor and talk about a serial creative. I don't know how many books that guy has written, um, but I think he was in his early 40s. And, and when he was a doctor, he wasn't sleeping at night. And, um, and his doctor simply told him um, that everything in life, in his life, had a consequence. So you need something that doesn't have consequence in your life. In other words, just something you enjoy, something of play. And I've heard several other pastors uh, and spiritual leaders say the same thing, that they hit this spot where they realized, actually, if I don't give myself space to you know, have something that I enjoy, unfortunately, we go to bad places for that. We go to really destructive and dysfunctional spaces to go find that. And so to me, um, you know, I, I can't afford not to rest. I can't afford not yeah. to come home, recharge, um, and be able to give my family the best as well. So I don't just leave all my best at work. The reality is in life, there are things that drain us and there are things that fill us. And when I say that, you can think probably immediately to the things that drain you, right? Whether it's endless emails or a particular coworker or whatever that looks like for you, you could probably name quickly what drains you, but what fills you? Do you know that? Have you identified that? Because that is so important and it can seem selfish, but those are the things that we can't neglect in our life because if we're perpetually being drained and not finding the things in our life that fill us, we're going to burn out. It's just not sustainable. One of those fills for me uh, was really interesting, actually became gardening because I realized it's a tangible hobby uh, that has no massive consequence. I mean, we'll get some cucumbers and squash at the end of the year, but it's just good for me to get out and dig around in the dirt mm -hmm. because we don't get to see 
real progress in, in the midst of our week. Occasionally we do, and it's incredible. We get to see life change or somebody that I'm coaching crests a huge hill and accomplishes something big. That's great. We can't depend on it. And so what I realized is, man, it's really nice to dig in the dirt and plant something, to cultivate something. Started doing some woodworking as well. I haven't cut my hand off yet. Um, I built some stuff for my house. So it's just deeply meaningful for me. So it's different for everybody. And even to go a layer deeper, you got to think about who drains you and who fills you. People are like, "Uh uh-oh, did he just go there? It's really important to know we got a split second. When I pick up my phone and it's my day off, I literally have to think, is this somebody who's life-giving to me? Hmm. Or is this somebody who's draining to me? And and sometimes we need to wait till Monday to call somebody back. But uh, it's cool for me when somebody just gives me a call and they don't really need anything from me. And that's one of my best definitions of friend is somebody who doesn't need anything from me on a regular basis. We we both have equity in each other's lives. Mm. And I just want to talk to that person. And we know the opposite to be true. If you can't drag yourself to pick up the phone for that person, then maybe it just feels more like work to you and, and maybe wait till Monday on that. But I just don't think we have practical conversations about this kind of stuff. And we need to get really practical as leaders. Think about how you manage your email box. I mean, that drains me. And so I like to do that in blocks. And some people are kind of checking that between every single email. Uh, it's different for all of us. And so again, don't don't rip off David and I's system. Don't rip off the things that, that we love to do. For you, it's going to be something else. But the key is you've got to have a system. Whatever that is, you've got to have a system. Yeah. So one of the first things that we like to talk about is you have to be intentional about rest. And again, we think of rest as is laziness, but it's not. It takes intentionality like crazy. And so you have to carve out space. And so one of the things that we like to talk about is not um, just fitting in Sabbath or fitting in rest, but building your schedule, building your structure, building your week around your rest, starting with that so that that becomes the focus. One of the really practical things for me is just like budgeting right down every day of the week and what the purpose is for that. And so that actually made its way into a tool that we use here at Stay Forward Designs called the Weekly Planning Grid. You can find it on our resources page. But uh, I began to use that because I made this shift from time management, just manage the time I have, kind of put out the fires in my week and think about it day to day versus energy investment. Where am I going to invest my best energy? Because we only have so much energy. I mean, we can, we can cheat time and we can not sleep, but eventually that's going to catch up with us. And so um, when I think about energy, I'm asking, where should I invest intentionally the energy that I've been given? We've all been given a different amount each day. And um, to be able to invest that in the right places, to me, feels a whole lot like stewardship. And so that'd be a question to just think through, where are you investing your best energy? Not where do you want to, but mm. truly, where are you yeah. investing your very best energy is something just really practical. And so um, if we're if you're a leader listening to this and say, man, I have no control over my time, I'm letting life sort of run me, uh, a really simple place to start is giving every day of the week a purpose. And just thinking about it, you know, maybe Sunday night looking over your week and saying, here's intentionally where I'm going to start with Sabbath and then I'm going to work backwards. Because mm, innovation yeah. comes from limits. And, and when you carve that day out, you work harder to be able to get there. If I told you you're only going to have a two-day week next week, but then you're going to get vacation, you'd figure out how to get it all done mm-hmm. in two days. That's just yeah. what happens. Yeah. But if I said, well, you can kind of get it done whenever, we're going to take seven and a half days to get all of that work done. So it's just this interesting conundrum and kind of paradox that we have between rest and work that we 
we really haven't attached. So um, as, as you guys um, think about this, get really practical on what is that going to take for you. But David, what would you say to that? If there's a, an overwhelmed or stressed leader listening, uh, where would you recommend that they start? Yeah, I would just like you were talking about is start with Sabbath and work backwards. It has to become a value. You have to prioritize it um, if you're going to lead for the long haul. And otherwise, we're going to learn it the hard way if we don't start with with Sabbath. What's interesting is like even our bodies know at some point, like I think a lot of sickness is just self-induced. And I'm not talking about larger sicknesses. I'm, I'm just mean like your body gets worn down. A lot of times that's just preventable and realizing, man, I just haven't slept very well in, in the last few weeks. I haven't made this a priority or I haven't exercised well. And so maybe I'm antsy or, or more stressed. Um, and so I, I'm hearing the phrase adrenal failure more and more. And it's this sort of convenient way of describing our body's sense of burnout is when adrenaline is always on, then it sort of stops pumping in, in that sense. I remember growing up and thinking, uh, what is mono? And it's just kind of like people would get mono in high school and college. And it's like, I never quite knew where that came from. It's, it's the just kissing disease. The kissing disease. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what your high school career was like, but people got mono from just like getting worn down. Maybe then they go kiss somebody after that. I don't know. Yeah. But so don't kiss stressed people, I guess. No. Hopefully your spouse, if you're listening to this, isn't stressed. Don't go kissing them if they are. But just wearing ourselves down. I'm hearing that more and more. Uh, we always want to leave you guys um, with something to think about and, and apply to your lives. And we like to do that through questions. And so we want to leave you with just a couple of questions from today's episode. How can you create time and space in your life for deep work? How can you create time and space in your life for deep work? It's not just going to happen. It's going to have to be very intentional and move beyond that. Maybe say where, where in your schedule can you make regular time and space for deep work? And the last one, what practices of rest will you start doing this week? What practices will you put into your schedule this week? Rest is one of those things that's important but it's never urgent. You can always sort of push it off and oh, I'll get a, a weekend next next week or I'll take some rest or time with the family. But the important things, we got to schedule them into our lives or they're just simply not going to happen. We hope that these questions leave you with something to ponder and wrestle with as you look at your own life and your own relationship between rest and work. Thank you so much for listening to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We feel privileged that you would follow along with us in these conversations. And we believe deeply in the conversations we're having around healthy leadership. And it's so much so that we want to reach and encourage as many leaders as possible to be even a small voice reminding them that it is actually possible to lead and not lose their soul along the way. And so here are a few ways that you can help us do that. You can subscribe which means that you'll get alerted anytime we bring out a new episode so you can follow along. You can also share, share in conversation through a text message over social media, and you can rate, rate our episodes, and that helps us get found on the different platforms. So the more ratings we have, the easier it is for people to find our content on health and leadership. So once again, thank you for following along and thank you so much for your support. So long.